Hi, and welcome to Small Publishing in a Big Universe. I am your host, L.A. Jacob. Today's interview will be a discussion with Stephen D. Brewer and Kathy Sullivan. Coming from our sponsors this month, in Dragon Gems, we have always lived in the break room by Michael Allen Rose, rewriting the rules by Stephen D. Brewer, the final story in the Revan's Heart series, and Blood Beneath the Sand by Evan Davies. Through Paper Angel Press this month is Haycorn Smith and the Castle Ghost by John Kachuba and Modus Perfectus by Elizabeth Hegman. Walter Dinsdale has been the master accountant for the Tribe of the Break Room for many seasons. He has secured the sacred vending machines against all attackers. He has mastered the art of the spreadsheet. But even he is not prepared when strange rumors reach the tribe of an unsettling phenomena, a window open to another world outside the office. We Have Always Lived in the Break Room by Michael Allen Rose is available on digital editions from Kindle, Kobo, Apple Books, Nook, Smashwords, and Google Play, and on trade paperback editions through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Bookshop. Please go to our website at waterdragonpublishing.com and search for Dragon Gems. Welcome to Small Publishing in a Big Universe. I'm your host, Stephen D. Brewer, and my guest is Kathy Sullivan. Welcome. Thank you. I had a great time working with you at the dealer table in Aresia, and there's so many questions I'd love to ask you. There are so many things we could talk about, but we're here mainly to talk about your writing and small presses. So what's your most recent story about? Well, I've got two reprints just came out. Talking to Trees, it's about Talking Trees, Griffins, A Girl Who's Pulled Into a Parallel Universe, and Talking Horses. And the other reprint is Michael and the Elf. Michael finds a small elf in his backyard and tries to help it go home. So why did you write these books originally? Michael and the Elf. Oh, my poor nephew. He keeps hearing about this every time. When I was younger, when Brian was a baby, he had ears that looked like an elf. So I started writing a story about him. And this was when I started trying to get published when I was about 18 or so. Talking to Trees. This is a sequel to The Crystal Throne. I knew I wanted to write a sequel. And as a university librarian, I kept coming across all these articles about trees diseases being popping up all of a sudden. It's like, it just hit me. It's what was happening and what the evil villain was going to be, which was something who was trying to kill off all the trees. I was going to ask you what the inspiration is for your most recent book, but it sounds to me like you've already nailed the inspirations for those things. So let's move on and talk about what's your work schedule like when you're writing? Before I retired, the work schedule was I'd get up really early before I had to go to work and start writing. And then I'd have breakfast, wake up my bird, and then head off to work. And then I'd come back home and work on it again after the bird has gone to sleep. She's rather possessive. Now that I'm retired, unfortunately, she's right on me all the time. So it depends on if I've got a deadline or if I'm really inspired, then I will move upstairs. Because normally I'm sitting outside the bird room. 
so I can basically play with her. Malarkin cockatoos are very loud and very, very, very affectionate. So occasionally I'll be trying to write and I'll suddenly have a bird land on my shoulder. But then wants to walk down my arm to look at the laptop, walk back up the arm, walk over. So if I'm got a deadline, I will move up to this is the upstairs room where I basically used to do a lot of the writing. But it depends on time. So one thing that was interesting to me when we were together at Aresia, you talked about the fact that you've been attending conventions for a long time, both as a fan and as an author. What's your strategy for making them work for you? Well, nowadays, because I'm used to either having the dealer's table or working with another dealer, if it's a convention that's new to me, I will basically check off right away to find out, is there a dealer's table? Like Sally at uh, Larry Smith's bookstore or Cargo Colt for Gallifrey and see if they'd be willing to carry my books. If uh, the panels don't look interesting, and if I'm able to get an author table, I will basically set up that way. Or, as we did with Arisha, find out another editor or author who's willing to share a table. A lot of times, if Broad Universe is going to be at a table, I will basically help out there and have my books for sale there. It depends a lot on the con, because Arisha was new to me. So I basically went through those stages to find out, okay, Broad Universe, work with another publisher. Conventions I've been going to for a long time, like Minicon and MarsCon. MarsCon automatically gets me an author table because I've been there for so long. Minicon, I basically get a dealer's table because a lot of times the panels are not all that interesting. So I don't usually have to worry about being on the panels. So I can basically have time to be on an author table. FenCon in Dallas, they've been inviting me for so many years, so I automatically have an author table. It depends on the convention. I noticed that you're also a fan of a number of different things. So you're not there just as an author, but also to enjoy the fandoms in general. Gallifrey, for example, I'm a major Doctor Who fan, but uh, my fandom roots was basically working at registration or helping badging. So for Gallifrey, because I've only got a couple short stories and a couple of Doctor Who anthologies, so I'm not a big person there. Carco Colt will carry my books, especially the Doctor Who-related books I have, but I still work out at Reg for Gallifrey. That's a great way of meeting people, and you contribute to the fandom and make sure the convention's working okay. You mentioned Broad Universe. I noticed that Strong Women, Strange Worlds is about to have a birthday, and I think that you mentioned that you were involved with them as well. Can you tell me a little about your involvement in the groups like Strong Women, Strange Worlds and Broad Universe? Broad Universe started around 2001 and I was one of the major contributors of getting it started. I was one of the web mavens for a while. I was making sure the web web page was working. And back in 2001, we were noticing a lot of women were basically being ignored. A lot of the male authors were always getting promotion and being asked to be on panels and getting nominated for awards, but the women weren't. So as Broad Universe, we were basically trying to promote female authors. During COVID, Broad Universe, we were trying to get more Zoom readings out and as part of that, we had not Arisha rapid fire reading that Broad Universe normally does. We tried that as a Zoom meeting and then we kind of spun off from Broad Universe. A number of us basically tried to continue doing rapid fire readings. So we just decided to try doing twice a month. So we would be inviting authors, female or non-binary authors to sign up for readings. And we nowadays basically have two readings per month usually the first Friday and the third Thursday. And we have a web page where people, where authors can sign up and readers can basically, oh, yes, let me register for this reading because it's all free. We're basically trying to promote female non-binary authors. And that's what we've been doing 
for two years now. This is our two-year birthday. I think it's great that you're finding these strategies for trying to help promote women and get women the parity that they certainly deserve. Both Broad Universe and Strong Women, we are not just focusing on the trad-published authors. We're basically doing a lot of independent authors, small press authors. That's why we're letting the authors sign up on their own instead of going, oh, yes, major press. No, no. There's a lot of other authors here who are being ignored. Right. Yeah, I understand that you're working with a small press now. Um, Can you tell me a little about how you came to do that and why? I've always been with small press. Back when I first tried to get published, I would try all the major traditionally publishers. And for a while, you could basically submit to them. I've been submitting for a long time. And then it got to the point where, oh, only agents could submit. Okay, try to get an agent. Forget that. When e-publishing started to be popular, not just in 2007 when Amazon started coming out, but pre that, around 1999, 2000, we had a lot of small electronic published authors. I was a member of an organization, Epic, which was electronically published authors and publishers. So there were a number of publishers out there. And a number of my short stories were being published in e-zines. And around around that time, one of the e-publishers that was for the e-zine decided they were going to branch out and do, oh my gosh, we're going to do bigger, longer novels. Do you have anything longer? Well, gee, I had a novel I've been submitting for years and thought it was really good and basically submitted that one. And not only did they publish it, but the book won an award. So yeah, I've been with small press ever since. What is the press you're working with? Well, nowadays I've gone through several because a number of them die over the years and or closed down. So right now I'm with Zumaya and they're the ones publishing Talking to Trees. So they not only published Kindle, Nook, Smashwords, and all the other ones out there. And again, when ebooks first started coming out, a lot of the trad publishers were going, oh, no, 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 we can't do electronic publishing. And they kept charging the same royalty rates, not even as the mass market print, whereas the smaller press who were doing electronic publishing were, instead of 35%, they're doing more 50% for royalty rates. You didn't need to have an agent, had more input as to what your book cover looked like. You had, you got a lot more from a small press than you would from traditionally published. Yes, you do have the disadvantage of distribution because trad publishers have huge distribution. They get into the major bookstores. They basically will get reviews in the major magazines, whereas small press, you got to do a lot of promotion yourself. Right. Certainly part of it is your convention attendance as a way of promoting, um, but you also have a strategy for doing promotions in other ways as well. Can you tell me a little bit about how you're promoting your work? Several different ways. For a while, Broad Universe and a lot of the e-publishers were doing cooperative advertising. It didn't pan out too well. For myself, I basically will do readings, go to young writers conferences where it's actually the school districts. So you can basically present a topic on how to write for those kids. And they also have book fairs for conventions because a lot of times you get more in-person people basically are quite willing to look at your book when you actually write there in front of them. And I also have the book cards I used to send out to conventions. Nowadays, it's just basically I bring around promotional material for other authors to conventions that I go to. I have out pens that I hand out. I've tried so many different promotional things. There's a number of things that don't work, and pens seem to last. Yeah, people keep them. Would you like to talk about some current projects you're working on? 
I've got a couple of anthologies that I'm supposed to be working on a story for right now. And I've been working on for a couple of years where it's a colony planet where the girl wants to be an explorer like her grandmother found the colony. It's just basically working on that one for a while. One question I have to ask you is, why MacGyver? Oh, well, back in the day, I was a major MacGyver fan. Richard Dean Anderson was the greatest. At the university library where I was working, I was the one who could fix the photocopier with the paperclip. So I figured, MacGyver, yeah. So where can people contact you? My website is katherinesullivan.com. That's K-A-T-H-R-Y-N Sullivan, S-U-L-L-I-V-A-N.com. And that has links to my author page on Facebook. My email is MacGyver6 at Hotmail.com, but it's not the traditional spelling of MacGyver. Again, you go to my webpage. It's got the links. And that's a major one because I've got the author page on Facebook. I've got my own page on Facebook. I'm not on Twitter. And if anybody's starting to get things on Instagram, that's not me. Are there any other things that you'd like to talk about? One of the questions you wanted to tell writers starting off, and the main ones I normally would say is just be persistent. Because it took me a long time to finally get my short stories published, but because I kept sending things out and trying new markets, that's all I can do is just keep trying. I'd like to thank you very much for coming on Small Publishing in a Big Universe. I wish you success in your writing endeavors, and I look forward to seeing you again at a convention at some point. Thank you so much, and thank you for inviting me. Lonely misfits face foes and their own inner demons in search of a mythical land of music and end up finding themselves instead. A woman in the chorus of a musical finds herself caught up in a love triangle with a ghost and helpless to stop the star's obsession. The wife of a famous rock star realizes that the manager intends to kill the entire band and that she can only save herself and maybe one small boy. A musician finds himself involved in a puzzling stunt as a pirated radio station plays an obscure song he recorded years ago with his old bandmates. A competitive diver turned musicologist writes a book on genetically engineered twin musicians and finds himself under their spell and threatened by their powerful mother. Modus Perfectus is available at Paper Angel Press. Please go to the website paperangelpress.com for more information. Stay tuned for next month when we're live from Bacon! Thanks again to our guests. We plan on publishing new episodes every second Wednesday of the month. Watch for new episodes around that time. Theme music is provided by Melody Loops. Other music is found for free on the web. If you want to know more about small publishing in a big universe, visit our website at spbu-podcast.com. Tweet us at spbu-podcast and like us on Facebook at spbu-podcast. This podcast was recorded and edited by yours truly, L.A. Jacob. Executive producer is Stephen Radecki. Transcription services provided by Sleepy Fox Studio. This month's episode was sponsored by Paper Angel Press and its imprint Water Dragon Publishing and Unruly Voices. You can hear our podcasts on 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and, and Amazon Music, and most of your favorite podcast services. Thank you very much for listening, and talk to you soon. Thank you.